0: Coming up is a podcast brought to you by the dedicated and diverse volunteers at 3CR. Just a quick message before you get there. For the month of June, we're asking listeners to donate to the station to help us keep going. In 2023, we're asking our community to stay tuned, stay radical. We rely on the generous donations of Community to Survive. Go to 3cr.org.au slash donate and show your support for community-owned and community-run media. Thanks for your support and happy listening
1: i to kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick old trouble out the door. Kick him out the door
2: Well, here we are on Radical Australia on Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. Young Kelly Whitworth, the world's second greatest producer, is busy doing things. So can I remind you, before we talk to our guest who's on the phone, that radio font is still on till the end of the financial year. And here at Radical Australia we need your support to continue broadcasting community radio 3cr you can ring and pledge now zero four sorry zero three nine four one nine eight three double seven you can sms your pledge on zero four double eight eight zero nine eight double five or you can go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate or if you're really radical you can knock on the door at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, and unlike the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC, we will let you in and collect your money. Now, I assume Kelly is fiddling around there with the buttons. Without Kelly, I would be nothing. How are you?
1: Good. I'm just hoping that I've got my... um. What? Our guests all lined up correctly on the telephone.
2: Uh, yeah, we'd usually do live interviews. I don't know why we bother talking to Queenslanders. Because it's
1: radical Australia, not just radical oh, Melbourne.
2: Oh, so it means I have to talk to people outside the borders. So.
1: Yeah, from your neck of the woods back up to Queensland today. Please,
2: don't remind me where I was born.
1: You're from Queensland, Joe. You're no, from I'm Brisbane. Not. No, I'm not. And it's no, not I'm such not. a bad so that, place.
2: No, 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 no. A lot
1: of good people come out of there. Yeah,
2: yeah they come out. That's the key. They come out and they never <laughs> go back, and the dregs are left behind. All oh, righty, righty, now. Sorry about that, Mister Dreg. Now, who have we got? Andy, Andy Payne are Andy from four Triple Z.
1: Are you there?
2: We've lost him.
1: No, he's not there.
2: We've lost him.
1: Hello, Andy. Are you there?
2: Hello, Andy.
1: No, he's not, so you're just going to have to... I'll
2: keep keep bullshitting... I'll sort it out. While I sort that out, Joe, The 3CR radio phone is on till the end of the financial year. And why am I saying the end of the financial year? Because you can get a legal, legitimate tax deduction. That's right. A legal, legitimate tax deduction if you donate to the 3CR radio phone. Ah, we can hear him. They can't hear us. Three. We're gonna try again. Here we go. I told you she was the world's second greatest producer, Kelly Whitworth. The world's greatest producer is dead. In heaven. Can't remember their name. That's how great they were. So O three nine four one nine-eight three double seven. Donate directly. Knock on the door at twenty-one Smith Street Switzer. We have our guest. Andy Payne, hello, Andy.
0: Hello. Yeah. Uh,
2: Andy, this must remind you of four triples doesn't it? All the bumps, uh, yes. or, or you don't do, you, you don't have problems. They do. You? Um,
0: we're a smoothly running ship at all times.
2: <laughs> I told you, it was a Queenslander, they're invertebrate liars. They're confabulators. Were you born in Queensland?
0: No, I was not born in Queensland.
2: Where were you um, born? I was born
0: in Mudgee in central west New South Wales.
2: That's not far from Queensland. That's near the border.
0: No, I know. Um, yes, I don't know what you're thinking of. Some people in Queensland think I'm talking about Mudgee or go. Oh,
2: that's what I was thinking but, you are talking about, Mudgee Mudge or
0: Mudgee is four hours west of Sydney.
2: You poor thing. How come you found yourself in Queensland?
0: Um, well, I did a lot of wandering. Oh. I, I grew up in Mudgee until I was 18 and then... Like many other kids from country towns, I moved to the city uh, with no particular aim in mind other than to get out of
2: there. Right. And, go, yeah, we'll go but we'll go back a few steps. What year were you born?
0: Oh, I was born in nineteen eighty six.
2: You're just a youngster. Nineteen eighty six.
0: Youngster. He's a youngster.
2: He's a youngster, he's a young one. So what was life in Mudgy like for a little lad?
0: Um oh, there's good things and bad things. Has anybody brought up in a country town would know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess close to nature, It built up an appreciation of um, the close native environment. Nature.
2: Did you live in the country?
0: Uh, well, I was in the town, but it was a small town. Right. Uh, um, and so we had the kind of adventures uh, maybe that suburban kids don't get roaming right. around right. Our town or in the bush. Uh-huh. Um and there was lots of good things, and I think small towns, I think the community aspect there actually is has lots of advantages, but also disadvantages when you're a young guy and you want to experience the broad, wide world and not just the right. you know few few handfuls of people that live in your town. Right.
2: <laughs> are, are your parents still
0: alive? Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're still in Mudgee.
2: Uh, right, we can't say any bad things about them then. I assume they're wonderful human beings like most parents.
0: Oh, yep. Yeah. I have a lot of appreciation for them. <laughs>
2: Any siblings?
0: I have three brothers.
2: Ooh! Ooh, your wow. poor mum. Wow. Yeah. It must have. And what's the age gap between the youngest and the oldest? Well,
0: it's roughly two years between each of us, so uh, Six years, years in total. Six years.
2: Oh, your poor mum. Six bloody, smelly teenagers at the same time in the same house. Four. Not six. Oh, you're right. Six years. She always pulls me up and corrects me, Andy. That's the great thing about Kelly. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. Behind good. every great uh, radio announcer, there's an even greater producer.
2: <laughs> that's right. What are you, a producer or an announcer? No, I'm an announcer. Uh, do it all.
0: Fortunes bad. I'm not fortunate enough to have a
2: producer like you do. Yeah, look, mate. That's the way it goes. We're the big. <laughs> this is the big smoke, Melbourne. You're in Brisbane. You know. Now. School what was primary school like in Mudgee?
0: Oh um I went to Kajigong Valley. Kajigong G- G- I
2: like that Kajigong Valley. Could you can you spell it?
0: C U D G E G E G O N G. That's embarrassing. It's the name of the river that flows through Mudgee. is <laughs> um probably flows into the, uh, the Macquarie. I assume
2: um, I assume it's a First Nations name.
0: Yes, yeah, is it's the, Wiradjuri country out there at Mudgy.
2: You don't know what it means?
0: Uh, I can tell you that Mudgy means nest in the hills and Mudgy is surrounded by hills. Um, the cudigong mm. I cannot tell you what it means. Right, right.
2: You're surrounded by hills. Did you go out and kill birds when you were a boy?
0: Uh, no. No <laughs> collect no, the eggs? Birds were fortunately safe <laughs>
2: Oh, that's no good. Did you, did, you, did you have any encounters with snakes?
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Common enough. Yeah. Anybody who yeah. lives in the country
2: here. Yeah. What do you have? Browns, tigers?
0: Yeah, browns and uh, red belly black.
2: Oh, red. Then that's not a real mm-hmm. snake. I was chased by a red belly black when I was a small kid in Brisbane. Yeah, that's not a real snake. You don't die from that. Bite from a red belly black. You just get. You know what, what red belly blacks are famous for?
0: What is
2: that? They kill and eat other snakes. Yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, they're
2: handy to have around. They're handy to have around, yeah. Yeah.
0: On a country property.
2: Did you have any little petties as a little kid? Any pets?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we did. We had a couple of dogs. Uh, Um, Classic uh, country uh, sheep, you know, cattle dog mix.
2: Yep, yep. What, they kept barking every hour of the day or night?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know the type. Yeah.
2: yeah. So is there a secondary college at Mudgee?
0: Oh, there is. Uh, Mudgie High School, uh-huh. a very prestigious institution.
2: Uh-huh. And obviously you uh, graduated from primary school and entered Mudgie High School, or did your parents send you to a private school? No,
0: no, I, uh-huh. um, I did Mudgie High School uh-huh. and um, managed to make it to
2: the end. Right. What, year 12? Yeah. Oh, did you, fail, did you excel at anything that you can talk about
0: on the radio? No, I wouldn't say I did. Um, I would say I was an underachiever at school, uh-huh. um, a disengaged student <laughs> in lots of ways, uh-huh. but um, I managed to um, make it to adulthood still with the idea that learning might be interesting and useful, so at least uh, I got that far even though my marks weren't very good.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, it's not about, when you're in a country town or a little suburb, learning is your ticket out. Not, not that it's useful or all. interesting. It's your ticket out of the situation you find yourself in. You didn't see it as your uh, ticket of of escape?
0: Um, for a lot of people, yeah. I ended up leaving anyway. I didn't go to um university. What? I, um, Am I talking so, to
2: somebody who didn't go to university?
0: Well, I sort of... <laughs> I began a degree later that was never finished, but um, I just left anyway. I wanted to get to the city and I, I went...
2: What did your parents think of this? This 18-year-old wants to go to the big smoke.
0: Oh, well, my older brother had previously gone, and um, I think they had always anticipated the possibility.
2: Yeah, yeah. Look, look, in those days it wasn't unusual for people to leave home at 17 or 18 and earn a crust, so I assume you went to Sydney town?
0: Yeah, I did. I moved to Sydney. The first few years I lived in the Sutherland Shire in suburb called Miranda, right Shire. most famous these days for um, our one-time Prime Minister Scott Morrison, but uh-huh. when I moved there, I was most famous for the Cronulla Riots, which had happened not long before, but um, right. there are other things that go on there. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Could you explain to our listeners what the Cronulla Riots were?
0: Oh, yes. Well, that's right. It's a long time ago now. Um,
2: But very uh, relevant. Very relevant.
0: In the beginning of uh, 2006, after many years of, um, I guess, anti-Islam kind of propaganda in the news and a lot of politicians kind of riding this um, horse of uh, anti-Islam xenophobia, it sort of exploded in Sydney where in Cronulla, which was the setting because a lot of people catch the train to go to the beach in Cronulla. Mm. a lot of Sydney ends up there. And um, there were some conflicts between uh, yeah, young people of Middle Eastern origin and young people of Anglo-Australian origin that exploded into a, a couple of days of pretty extraordinary and extraordinarily ugly violence. Um, mm. Australia's probably worst race riot since Lambing Flat or something like no,
2: that. No, no, since the Kalgoorlie riots of uh, 19, I think 1919, when they... Strung up a few Italians, but that's a different story.
0: What was the other
1: one that you mentioned, Andy? Lamming
2: Flat, 1856.
1: I don't know. Tell us about that.
2: No, no, don't tell her about that. She, she needs to look it up herself. I won't
0: look it's it a up. It's before my, my own origin well, Lamming story. Flat, that's an anti-Chinese riot during and the Gold Rushes.
2: Yeah, arms, anti-Chinese yeah. riots <laughs> You just during completely the talked
1: Russia's. over the guest then.
2: No, I talked over you. There's a difference. You're the producer. No, I'm here to talk no, over the guest the speaking. Were you speaking guest? yes. You're doing it now It's a bit of a family tit here We're having a bit of a fight here All right Lambing flat The Kalgoorlie riots Cronulla Where next Okay So how did you earn a crust When you got to the big city?
0: Oh various jobs I did a lot of jobs In those first couple of years um, Working I installed air conditioners for a bit And I worked in a supermarket Mm. um, And I did a bit of work as a as laborer yep yeah
2: why'd you stop being a BL that's a good job
0: uh, it's a it involves a lot of travel all across Sydney and is a sort of precarious way to um, earn money and uh, my preference was to not have my life dictated by where I had to go to earn money and so I uh-huh. I didn't like having to travel around all the place and wait by the phone to see where I'd get some work.
2: Oh, yeah, so you were one of these, um, what do they call them, hire people, labour hire people, were you? Ah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's not a real job,
0: mate. No, and I wasn't very keen on it. I actually, um, some of my experiences working there helped form this kind of idea that I had that I would, the rest of my life, try to minimise how much paid work I would have to do so I could do the real work that I wanted to do, which
2: was sort of activism. And hang um, on, hang on, hang on. Did you world. hear that, Kelly? used the A word. Yes, activism.
0: It's
1: allowed on this show. Well, when
2: did that happen? It sounds like a disease. You called activism, and <laughs> at, at such a tender age. What, what, what yeah, made you? The, what made you think about? Well, you're in the city. You're 18. You're 19. You should be enjoying yourself: drugs, sex, rock and roll. And you're, you're talking about activism. What happened?
0: Well, there certainly wasn't – there was a lot of rock and roll in my life. I was very interested in music, but there wasn't uh, much drugs and sex because um, I was a a committed Christian.
2: Uh uh Uh-huh. That's good to know. Yep.
0: And I guess it was through exploring as a young person what that meant Mm. um, that sort of led me into activism of what what did it really mean to live a kind of life based on your values and um, Mm. based on some of the – um, the teachings of Jesus that aren't always prioritised in um, the way the message is put across. And so thinking about those kind of questions led me into thinking about environmentalism and social justice, and it led me to seek out activists, even though I was living in the suburbs and there weren't that many around in my immediate surroundings, but in the oh, end it got me to, to seek out people who might be on the same path. Well,
2: bar. it's beginning to make sense now. Morrison lived in the Shire of Sutherland, you had your activism came from your Christian beliefs. You are in the right area, weren't you?
0: Oh uh, yeah. It's a bit of a, a Bible Belt, the Southern Shire uh, of Sydney, and yeah. um, but I did. I think um, my own uh, searchings for what it would look like for me to live a the kind of life that I really wanted to live led me out of the out of the Southern Shire to try to find some answers other than the ones that were being offered there.
2: Right. It's, it's interesting, look, like most have had, had this early Christian belief thing, but I mean, I came out of a Catholic tradition. The great thing about a Catholic is you don't have to read the Bible. You leave it up to the bloody priest to tell you what in the Bible. I assume you came out of a different uh, Protestant um, tradition where you read the Bible and formulated your own ideas?
0: Uh, yeah, yes, Protestant tradition. Yeah. And but I think Catholic theology, there's lots of things that sort of uh, inspired me about liberation theology right. from South America and then later the, the Catholic Worker Movement. Right. Um, both things that had big influence on me.
2: So it wasn't the the um, uh, the uh, anarchist um, Christians in Brisbane that lured you to Brisbane, was it?
0: No, it was sort of coincidental, actually. Um, I I've always been a bit of a... Uh, a restless soul, you might say. always liked travelling around. And so at some point I decided my time in Sydney was up and I travelled around, I ended up in, living in Melbourne for a while and then went up to Queensland. Hang and on, on of, hang
2: on, hang on, hang on. I'm a bit concerned here about you, mate. You went, you went, You went to live in Melbourne for a while and then you left. Why did you leave? What's going on here?
0: Well... Joe, I um I left in May and headed up to Queensland. What year? May when? May, May when? May when?
2: What year? In Toronto, what
0: year? May. Well, two thousand and eleven. Right. That um. Why'd Queens- you leave? What's wrong May with you? In Queensland is beautiful, sunny weather, <laughs> and the people are very friendly. You know. Um, it what?
1: Was, yeah, friendlier than you, you. See, that's why he left. <laughs> I can't, I
0: can't, I
1: can't, I can't. He doesn't want to be around curmudgeonly Melbourne people like you. I, I, I he believe, wants to be around sunny positive I Queensland I mean, I mean, people. I mean I
2: was I was a Queensland refugee. I was turfed out of the state. You were by, turfed
1: out because you were too curmudgeonly. They sent right, you down yeah, south to the yeah, cold and the grey and the that, wet. That,
2: I got turfed out in nineteen
1: now late ninety. Nineteen, 19 seventy six.
2: <laughs> I was a Queensland refugee. I wore a t shirt with a banana on it saying Queensland refugee when I turned up here. And I was loved down here. They embraced me. You come down here in 2011. You spend a little while here and you piss off because of the sunshine. <laughs> if, it was, if it was a partner or or you know drugs or something, I would have accepted Fresh it. Fresh air and sunshine—that's all you need. Didn't, you didn't change your religious beliefs, did you? Is that why you left?
0: No, I think um, I think Brisbane. I was coming from a small town. I think the uh, Brisbane's always appealed to me, being a bit sort of smaller and. Mm. Smaller than the, the big cities, but also I just found a really great community when I came up here. There was a lot happening around West End at the time, and oh, yep. um, different, a, a lot of different things going on in, in different spheres. You know, activism and yep. and community, and the kind of alternative Christian scene, as you mm. mentioned there, and so mm. it kind of drew me in, and I've kept coming back.
2: Right. So, 2011, you went to Queensland permanently.
0: Yeah, I've left and come and gone a lot of times since then, but mm. I've basically been based here since. Right.
2: When you said you do a lot of travelling, was that the internal travel in Australia or travel overseas?
0: Mostly in Australia. I have been overseas a couple of times, and I've actually just got back in the last couple of weeks. I've been in the Kurdish region of Iraq, mm-hmm. but um, mostly I travelled in Australia. I spent a lot of time going up and down the east coast and out to... Um, the uh, center Alice Springs a few times and a, a bit of time on the west coast as well mm-hmm. and, and North Queensland as well. I spent a couple of years in North Queensland as part of a, uh, a campaign.
2: Tell us about that. Cause that's, that was a fascinating campaign.
0: Yeah, well, it was a, a huge campaign in lots of different ways and there was, uh, a lot of different facets to it. And so in, in all the cities that were like, attempt to kind of mobilise general feeling about climate change into a specific goal to try to stop Australia starting new coal mines, basically, and the opening up of a new coal basin in the Galilee Basin in Western Queensland um, was a thing that they thought, well, we can stop this. We can stop one mine. We can probably stop this whole reserve of coal. And so it was a strategic decision to focus on that mine. And there were lots of different things done, including... Making small stop dining groups in local neighborhoods, which was a very um, useful idea of organizing. But also, a bunch of us went up there to sort of live in the area where it would be built and do what, direct action and say. So,
2: so, what type of direct action were you
0: involved in? Well, for a couple of years, we had many, many people go out and uh, attach themselves to machinery mm-hmm. and to stop construction work or different things. We also were keeping an eye on environmental breaches and things like that and um, trying to work with locals up there as well who were against the mine to try to uh, amplify that voice a little bit when there was so much of the media was saying how, you know, how everybody was for the mine.
2: Yeah, and how evil you people were. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You lost the election with somebody, if I remember correctly. That's the way it works. Yeah, you were so effective handy that you to lost... to have
0: somebody to blame if you lose an election.
2: Yeah, yeah, because you were so effective, you know, that you lost the election. So how did you survive?
0: Oh, we had a, a great community up there. We had a block of land that we lived on. That, um, a bunch of people were kind enough to support us to get this block of land, and then we built a community. We had, you know, permaculture gardens there, and we were like a... A kind of communal camp life of cooking and cleaning and doing the those tasks as well as the campaign life of mm-hmm. you know trying to contact media and sneaking out onto a downy site and you know disrupting work and things like that so uh, yeah, all the different roles were kind of covered and um as well as I guess kind of live together and and try to forge what other kinds of community might look like and other kinds of living.
2: Right. So you're trying to implement your ideas in a practical sense?
0: Yeah, I think so. And it's one of the great things about campaigns like that is that you're not just doing the political side of it. When you're living together, you're um, yeah, you're trying to figure out how, how we can make this world work communally, right, in a, mm-hmm. in a way that might be not so destructive as the kind of individualist, consumerist, way we live now. Um, but also I think there's something transformative about people enter that space and they they don't just enter a, a space that looks much like the outside world, except, you know, we talk about a different end goal, but actually it looks different. The way that you're living looks different and it, it opens up kind of new new possibilities in people's minds. And so I think spaces like that, these kind of temporary autonomous zones are, are just so important for um for any kind of imagined for futures.
2: Mm. And do you think your uh, Christian beliefs help you in terms of um, being incorporated in this type of uh, lifestyle?
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's been a, a long journey, I guess, of um, figuring out uh, belief, and I'll, I'd say I'm still on it, mm. but I certainly think that the... Um, I guess that fundamental kind of uh, Christian idea of, you know, there's something wrong with the world, right? And there's a a possibility for transformation, you know, (laughs) that uh, there is hope that we can transform the way. And Jesus is very much a social teacher as well. So much of his talking is about how to relate to other people and things like that. And so I think um, that, yeah, that's definitely informed what I've done and, I think as well that it it comes with that it helps you to stick out kind of hard times when if you're not just purely pragmatic about what you're doing if there's some kind of uh, spiritual ideas behind it it helps you to stick out difficult times and to find purpose in, in what you're doing even when it doesn't seem to be working and and things like that so I think it has helped.
2: Right. Now I'm going to have to do something very evil, Andy. I'm going to have to do a community announcement. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR. My name is Joseph Toscano. Kelly Whitworth is the producer, and we're chatting with Andy Payne from the land of the sunshine, Queensland, the land that belongs to the Queen Victoria. Now, Andy... Yeah? I'm just thinking... You shouldn't be thinking on live radio, should you? But I'm thinking, Andy, I'm a bit concerned about you. You sound too good to be true, you know?
0: You're going to dig up some
2: dirt now? No, no, I don't want to dig up dirt. I mean, you just just sound such a reasonable, calm, wonderful human being. And I'm used to talking to people who are wrecks, basically, here on (laughs) Radical Australia. Society's kind of... They've been rung out, kicked out, aside, and they're all miserable. And No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Northern Iraq. Why Northern Iraq? Uh, yeah,
0: well, my wife,
2: Beck, actually. Hang on, hang on. Did you say wife, Beck? When did all this happen?
0: Oh yeah, we skipped over a few chapters
2: in the yeah yeah. Hey, I thought I thought you were just just one of these, you know, really strong, alone activists who lived your what we used to call the anarchist warriors. You know, they the anarchist troubadours during the Spanish Revolution. They no sex, no coffee. They wander from village to village, spreading the word. I thought you were one of them. I
0: did live somewhat (laughs) the uh, anarchist troubadour life for quite a long time, but in Recent years I've um, moved towards a more settled existence.
2: What happened? What happened, mate? Where did um, wh- you meet? What's going on here?
0: Well, uh, my wife, Beck, has her own sort of history in um, Brisbane activism. She grew up in an activist family, and so I actually, or one of the Christian anarchist uh, families, I've used. You um, yes. mentioned at the start of the show, yep. and um, so I I met a family very soon after coming to Brisbane just by oh. running into people, oh. and um, it's the and old then,
2: pheromone trick.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't meet <laughs> Beck actually; she was not around at the time. But um, we ended up making uh, living in communal houses, uh-huh. um, hospitality houses, where you open up the doors to whoever needed a place to stay. Many, right. Many different people came and stayed, and we tried to do political organizing out of these houses mm-hmm. in the tradition that's uh, known as Catholic Worker. That's right. And so after living together for a long time and doing lots of different things together and also doing different things, Beck moved to Iraq as part of a organization that um, was called Christian Peacemaker Teams and is now called Community Peacemaker Teams mm-hmm. that goes to uh, war zones around the world, conflict zones, and tries to work for non-violent solutions to some of these big conflicts just to try to prove that it is possible you know and so um cpt has been in iraq since the american invasion in 2003 and they've had various ups and downs since then and have ended up permanently based in the kurdish region and so beck was over there for a few years but we um a different time we ended up both back in brisbane during the COVID um, lockdown, in fact, when there was plenty of time to spend uh, chatting with people and thinking about your future, and so we ended up we got together, and um, the rest is history, as they say.
2: So, what was it? A COVID wedding? Was it with two guests and one minister?
0: Um, we were worried for a little while that it would look like that, but in <laughs> the end, um, all the um, All the regulations dropped away, and we could happily have a gigantic wedding with all of Brisbane invited. And um,
2: sounds great. I wasn't invited. And
0: um, and glorious sunshine, of course. Boy
2: boy from Mudgy boy from meets Catholic worker, Christian anarchist girl, and goes to North Iraq. We could do a movie of this. Can I get the? Can I get the exclusive rights? (laughs) (laughs) It's quite extraordinary when you think about it, isn't it?
0: Um, yeah, I think...
2: It's not not the type of story in here normally,
0: do you? No, and I I sometimes do think I have lived a... a, a Extraordinary is a strong word, but I'd say a, a good life full of plenty of adventures.
2: No, extraordinary. No, no, it's not a strong word. It's an extraordinary life. You think about it. I mean, who goes to a war zone? Huh? Who goes to a war zone consciously knowing the risks you know, uh, teaching, you know, practising non-violence, looking for non solutions. Now, that's that takes extraordinary courage.
0: Uh, yes, well, not many people do, but as it turns out, actually, quite a few people do, and there's CPT teams around the world, and there's all kinds of different people that are um, willing to risk these kind of situations to mm. work for a better world. Mm.
2: You said you hadn't been out of Australia much, so... What was your experience like in northern Iraq? Obviously, Beckett kind of sorted everything out for you. You had an easy life when you got there, but what did it feel like?
0: Well, I think one of the good things was that because we were volunteering for an organization, we had links to people that were, you know, local Kurdish people, and so we didn't have to just wander around aimlessly as tourists. Mm-hmm. but rather we we could go and meet people and talk about life in Kurdistan and, and talk about stuff we going work together as well. I think that's really important actually having a, something to contribute in a place as well and so I found it really um really interesting yeah to meet Kurdish people and see um it's a very social culture a lot i guess a lot less individualistic than our own people are very connected um big extended family networks and um, strong community links. And there's a a lot of very inspiring political action with very high stakes there, you know, where you've got activists going to prison and uh, people being disappeared and, of course, you know, bombs being dropped and uh, all kinds of things. To see that people are still committed to um, going out there and trying to work towards just basic things of... Truth and fairness and uh, democracy, openness in politics
2: and things like that. Mm. So, how long were you there for? We
0: were only there for a couple of months. Right, two
2: months. Oh, that's plenty of time to get killed.
0: Well, we managed to survive.
2: (laughs) That's good. And um, I just want to go back a little bit. Now, you're you're associated with that horrible mob at Four Triple Z. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that is correct. I've been,
1: this year is my 10th year involved
2: in 4ZZZ. Well done. I'm nearly
1: 10 years here at 3CR. Oh,
2: God, you people... How long
1: have you been here, Joe? (laughs) You
2: don't know. 46 46 years. Oh, God, you think I get a proper job by now where they pay me? You know, I'm sick of being a volunteer. I assume you're a volunteer at 4ZZZ.
0: Yeah, that's the beauty of community radio, isn't it? No, (laughs) it's not. We're not there. We're not in it for the bucks.
2: I can assure you, we're not in it for the bucks. (laughs) The days I've come here and I've just thought to myself, what's the point? But more to the point, why did you go to full Triple Z 10 years ago?
0: Yeah, well, I always loved radio. I think growing up in the country in the 90s, I think um, radio was a link to a bigger world, you know, and, yeah. um, and so it had a big influence on me, and, and community, once I moved to the city, I often listened to community radio wherever I was, and I knew people that were involved at 4 Z, and of course they're always looking for people that want to do the, the hard work of, I guess, interviewing people and doing news and current affairs that, you know, sitting there playing your favourite songs is also somewhat hard work, but it's much more hard no, work it's, going no, out and is, not hard the work. political
2: side. That's the trouble of community radio. It's become just a music fest, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion.
1: Not 3CR or 4 C. Triple, triple no,
2: no, but we're, we're, no. we're, 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 we're the outliers. We're yeah, on well the you margins. Yeah, we
1: can't say everyone
0: then. Yeah, although
2: although, although Annie will be very happy because most of community radio these days is Christian-dominated, isn't that right?
0: Uh, yes, well, there are plenty of Christian <laughs> community radio stations. Yes. Um, no doubt about it. And I think community radio, it does offer something. I, I think in our world, our current media kind of landscape of the internet, it's just so depersonalised, de You know, we're just all individually riding these sort of currents sort of cyberspace or something and I think Mm. there's something very valuable about media that's kind of tied to a a physical place and an actual group of people that we can connect with and so I think it's been a bit of a struggle competing with the internet but I think um, Mm. we're going to more and more see how important um, local independent media networks like community radio are.
1: Well said.
2: That's why it's cool community radio just let you know kelly and andy i know you're young but it's called community radio. look you're quite right i mean um it's a little bit like doing a zoom meeting and doing a face to face meeting i've had two face-to-face meetings today with groups of people and they've had a zoom component to them and you look at the people in the zoom and you think you poor suckers you're right it's real it's physical it's real you've got a community you've got to interact with people you've got to find guests you got to learn the technology, although I, I've never learned the technology, obviously. That's what Kelly does, that's her job. But, you know, did you learn the technology? Did you learn to push the buttons and all that stuff?
0: Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I've um, had you all kinds you of You sucker. I've, in the last year, or a couple of years, actually, I've been enlisted to record the show every week from wherever in the country I happen to be, which has been, or outside of the country, which has what? been lots of different places. And so. Did you, you know, did, you, did you record amazing. stuff
2: from Iraq and send it to the station? Yeah,
0: yeah. So oh, it's that. been quite a technological um, journey to try to work out how to do this from all kinds of different places.
2: Look, if you ever leave 4 triple Z, three CRs waiting for you, you know that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you want to come to the real world.
1: Yeah, well, he's well-loved here, Andy he is. is we'd, it? Love here. Well, we'd love to have him here.
2: We'd love to have him A technological genius. <laughs> you know, it's hard enough to push a button these days. So how hard has it been, that technological journey for you?
0: Um, oh, it's been good. I suppose the technology isn't so hard. Um, we had some, yeah, me and back we travelled across the country last year after getting mm-hmm. married. We did an old-fashioned honeymoon, except that it Went for a year and took us to um, primitive farms in New Zealand and war zones in Iraq, as well as of like, right. scenic places around Australia. Well, what do you mean? And, prim- um, what do
2: you mean primitive farms in New Zealand? This is sounds- well. Did <laughs> you do? Did you, did you did you do naked weeding or something? Is that yeah, why no, they were no. Primitive- you're
0: sidetracking me. But um, <laughs> I, we spent a couple of months. just sister lives on a farm in New Zealand where they live with virtually no uh, electricity and no kind of farm machinery. It just sort of uh-huh. peasant farming by hand and with some... Uh, That's what
2: I do, mate. That's like what that. I do. I know all about that. I just harvested 3,000 garlic. I hand-planted and hand-wheated Wow, that's not primitive. That's What's real like farming. In
0: the studio with him, Kelly. We're after like garlic, <laughs> <laughs> he's not
1: bullshitting either. He's telling the truth.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I've done that type of farming for years. It's not primitive. It's real farming. He said
1: he's got a green arm, and he's not a green thumb. thumb
2: that's right. And uh, you just got to turn the soil. It's a wonderful thing turning the soil. On. I, I, I give my love to Beck's sister and all the people down there. Because it it is it's a different type of farming. You go out, you break the soil by hand, you plant by hand, you weed by hand, you f- chase the rabbits away by hand. <laughs> yeah, and you thought that was primitive.
0: Well, that's just a, a I think it it has a lot to say for our future, right? As we're facing kind of climate disaster, as so we we're going to have to figure out ways to live with the land, and I think what they're doing actually is pretty vital for um, reminding people that there are other ways to live. You know, that aren't quite as resource-intensive and aren't quite as destructive.
2: Yeah, but what are we? What are we going to do about our videos and our television sets and our social media? And isn't that what we really want, Andy? Isn't that what the pe- people want?
0: Yeah, well, in theory, we could have all that kind of um, modern technology also with a sustainable way of living, but I'm not sure it's going that way. And so, yeah, we we might have to figure out some different way of doing things.
2: Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. Now, you said you and Beck had a, a year's honeymoon.
0: Oh, yes. And, 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 everywhere. What,
2: did you just go around working on farms and things, you know, provide labour for accommodation and food or...?
0: Um, no, we actually we did up a, our car, like a station wagon, mm-hmm. and so we could stay in there. And then we did stay with different friends across the country from doing activism and things like that. I've got lots of contacts in different places, and so we stayed in a few places with various friends and other places we would camp or stay in the car and got to see some of the very beautiful places in this country that I'd never managed to get to before.
2: And what what do you think was the most magical place?
0: Well, on that trip, it was great to go up to the northwest part of the continent, and I love coral reefs, and so it was amazing to snorkel on Ningaloo Reef mm-hmm. um, out there. And also, there's some incredible big, like, gorges. The Karagini National Park is an incredibly beautiful place. I mean, we went to Kakadu and things like that as well, but I think not many people on the east coast know much about Karajini, and it's a long long way away from anywhere but um very very beautiful place. Mm.
2: Well, sounds great. So it is it is a lifestyle, isn't it? You've created you and your wife Beck have created a lifestyle for yourselves where you're not actually, you know, working for the man, you're basically working for yourselves and your communities.
0: Yeah, well, uh Beck has just got home from teaching just now, she's uh, but she's doing relief teaching mm. at the moment, and um, my own paid work is still basically um, labouring work, unskilled labour work, but, um, uh, yeah, we've managed to do it a minimal amount, so then, yeah, we can dedicate most of our life to the, the work that really matters to us and the work where, you know, it's not the capitalist system calling the shots, I guess. yeah.
2: yeah. Working for the man, as they say. So, when you say, can you define activism? A lot of you know it's a word that a lot of people are beginning to use these days. But how do you define it? How does it de- part of your life? Yeah,
0: well, I guess it, it can look like a lot of different things, but I guess the key part of the word is being active, and so I think that means being intentional about trying to influence the world in some. Way in a direction that you think is positive, and so there's lots of things we lots of people might sit at home and think, Oh, the world should be different, or the world would be better if it was somehow another way. But being an activist means trying to figure out how can I be an active player and and go out and and make some influence to try to make the world a bit more like like the one we dream of, you know?
2: Yeah, that new world in our hearts, as they used to say. So it looks like you and Beck have done something unforgivable for an Australians. You've torn up your membership of the Gunner tribe, and your membership of the Somebody should do something about that tribe. And you've joined the activist tribe.
0: Yeah. That's that's yeah. very
2: un-Australian. You realise we we just like to sit back and watch. Yeah, I
0: think that's not limited to Australia either. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, how many times? But,
0: yeah, I, I mean there is a wonderful tribe of people um, and community of people that once you, you step out there you meet, so there's, there's all kinds of people doing very interesting and inspiring things.
2: Mm. And, and does Christianity still play a part in your life?
0: Yeah, it does. I, um, In Brisbane there's a, a sort of church community I've, I've been a part of that's small and tries to be sort of inclusive of um, different people with disabilities or people with different needs and things like that and so I've been a a part of that for a long time and I I think the the broader values as well about and to me the uh, like a Christian vision of what life should look like is very different to what it looks like right now in 21st century techno-capitalism right Mm. for most people and so that that kind of broader vision, and also the values of how how do we get there, which to me is like by um, you know acts of kindness and love, and and ultimately things like um, forgiving and attempting to transform ourselves as we transform the world around us. and I'm starting to I'm still I'm
2: starting to feel nauseous. Forgiveness, <laughs> love. Oh. Man, where were you bored up?
1: You're going to make the man sick. <laughs> yes,
2: I mean the reason I'm sick is you're actually showing showing me up for what I am basically, and just a show pony, and you're an activist. So you have a program on Four Triple Z. Yes, it's
0: called
2: the Paradigm
0: Shift. The it's oh no, at midday.
2: That's not after you. That's not after you, mate Bob, up north far north Queensland, is it? He keeps using the word paradigm shift. I, I, are you are you kind of been ironical about Bob Catter? Um, well, no, I
0: never came up with the name the paradigm shift. I quite like it because it's sort of a pun on like your,
2: the graveyard shift or the drive shift. Yeah, well, he kept um, he kept talking. Radio. Yeah, well, Bob canner keeps talking about the paradigm shift, and I thought that's very Queensland of you. <laughs>
0: oh, true. I haven't <laughs> seen that much of that one from Bob, but um, yeah, the paradigm. Yeah,
2: I don't know if he knows what it means, but he keeps using it. <laughs> So what's this paradigm shift? What, what does it mean to you? What's what's the show about?
0: Um, well the show is about I guess trying to envision different ways of being and, and so most people try on. to
2: different ways of being.
0: Yeah, I think for for individuals and for the world, right? Trying to um, envision other possibilities.
2: Other and possibilities. So what do you mean other possibilities? There's only in, one possibility. In You've got to worship Mammon. There's nothing else you can do in a capitalist society, mate. Are you some type of radical or something?
0: I have been accused of being that. Uh,
2: <laughs> a radical Christian?
0: Yeah, well, all kinds. I've been called that and uh, many other things besides.
2: Yeah, which we can't talk about on the show. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? It is fascinating, isn't it? Here you are. You're talking about other possibilities which are quite viable and have a minimal impact you know, in the world the people around you and people call you radical. They should call you conservative. Because I keep yeah, sa- I, I keep like, saying to people, I'm a conservative. I want to conserve things. I don't want to destroy things. I'm not a capitalist.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think that, um, yeah, there's so much, I guess, that just in, in words, so much that makes people easier to write off ideas and it, it's hard to communicate through our kind of... Uh, Preconceived ideas of of what we are to say. Like, don't we want a world that's like nicer, better for everybody? (laughs) You're kidding!
2: How can we have a nice world if you're going to stop me accumulating capital and destroying other people's lives? What's wrong with you? He's some type of selfish. He's getting in the
1: way of Joe's money making.
2: He's one of these radical Christians, you know. He's, He's, he's. I just, I don't understand you people. I mean, you know, talking about love and a different type of living and mutual aid and cooperation and assisting people and kindness. Where would you get all that? Gr- you went to the wrong school, mate.
0: Oh, well, I'm not <laughs> sure you can blame my high
2: school for it. But, <laughs> <laughs> so is your show podcast, because obviously people are not going to listen to 4 Z from where we broadcast.
1: Yeah, I listen to it live online. Oh, every yeah, day. Yeah, but, but
2: you're a young person and you're intelligent.
1: Well, I'm just saying, like, you can listen anywhere in the world. Through, <laughs> to 4ZZZ? Yeah, through the community radio app, like, you can oh, listen to cool. any community radio what, can station. Well, like listen to this program through the community yes, radio right app. right now. Yeah, Or you can listen through, like, the website. How yeah. else, Andy?
0: Um, yes, well, you can, on the 4ZZZ website, you can stream the station live, but also if you go into show pages, for instance, the uh, paradigm shift you can listen back to um old episodes just mm. like you can with the three cr shows yeah, um, yep. i'm pretty sure mm. and uh and i do have plans of putting it out into all the uh, uh, podcast places where people listen to podcasts i'm one of those uh old school people that doesn't really know that much about that yeah, but well, um, platforms
2: platforms that's
0: the key yeah word. yeah but we'll have it out there because yeah like I said before, I think it is um, very mm. important, these kind of independent ways of making media. We want to reach out to mm. where people are, which so often these days is online.
1: And it's a very good show. It's, you're well-informed. It's well-researched and well-produced. So good on you.
2: He hasn't got a producer.
1: He produces himself. He does <laughs> well, that's it not himself. The same. That's it not the same. same. He's no, a producer-presenter. No, no, he hasn't got a Panella producer. He's not the same around. as
2: us. He looks after himself. He doesn't get people to look after him. Yeah. He's a real activist.
1: What are you saying? Well, are not. You're not. No,
2: he's a real activist. <laughs> he does it all himself. Have you got any plans for the future apart from continuing on this journey?
0: Yeah, well, I will be continuing, I guess, um, trying to figure out what political projects will keep going It'll probably still be in the climate change sphere. I think also... I. It's really uh, pressing to to talk about getting people offline, away from machines and get back into meeting with each other and things uh, like that. I think that's you a big have, issue. That you're talking
2: us. from the same songbook, I Am Sick and Tired of Click Activists. I was at a meeting today at Parliament House regarding a particular issue mm-hmm. and click activists have destroyed real activism, really. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can get... As you know, you put something up, 600 people are going to turn up. If you're lucky, three turn up. It's just extraordinary, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it, it's making a lot of changes to ourselves as individuals and people's ability to relate to each other and things like that as well. And so mm. I think it is something that we're going to need to address, even though at, at the moment there's all these other things, you know, the climate emergency and cost of living and all these kind of things. that, But something I feel like they're all, all linked in that.
2: Well, they are. We're herd animals. That's our DNA. That's our biological imperative. You know, we we're social beings. Was, you know, since that's what allowed us to destroy the planet. The fact that we can get together and you know do horrible things, and but we can get together and do beautiful things, as you and Beck and the people you know have been doing for uh, decades. I mean, you can, you can do it both ways. You know, you, you don't look. I'm I'm really impressed. It's hard to impress me, isn't it, Kelly? Yes. Yeah. No, I told
1: very... you he was a good person.
2: Good. You're going to say good boy, but you pulled yourself <laughs> <Local>. up. <laughs> <laughs> look, the fact that he's born in Mudgee and he's moved to Queensland, well, you've got to forgive him that. But uh, obviously, he's uh, he's an internationalist. You don't worry about borders, do you?
0: No,
2: that's right. Yeah. No. Look, look, look. We wish you all the best for the future. Uh, it's great to have people like you here in this country and uh, it's great to see that uh, Catholic worker movement that has been bubbling along in Queensland for so many decades, produce so much um, good uh, activities and work and produce so many wonderful human beings. Unfortunately, we don't have the same type of push down here in Melbourne. I understand why you left and I congratulate you. <laughs>
0: yeah well, the, you never know sometimes you just gotta get on the road and find out what's um what's out there yeah it's look just just
2: to what time is the program on?
0: uh twelve till one on Fridays mm-hmm. every Friday or at any time on demand on the 4 Z website.
2: right now just to give us an inside uh, tip what's on the program this Friday. Have you worked it out yet?
0: Well, I probably will be chatting to people from the group Blockade Australia who have been. i oh, have caused a lot of trouble down
2: here in Melbourne. The they've been hanging this off. This week. Yeah, they've been hanging off bridges down here, bringing the traffic to a halt. It's disgusting.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> in Brisbane, they've just been um, locked up and refused bail. Oh, and have the, they? did uh, uh, in action yesterday, and so they've mm. managed to. Um, kick up a fuss wherever they've done things, and so yeah. I'll probably be chatting to people from that group this Friday.
2: Wow, that's excellent. Sounds good, Dan. So they're still in prison?
0: Uh, yeah, there's one guy, a local Brisbane guy, Dash, who um, has been refused bail until his next court date, which is in a month.
2: Right, yeah, they just, what? yep, yep. At least here they got bail. I think they did. Well, thank you very much, Andy. All the best to you. All the best to all the good folk down at Four Triple Up at Four Triple Z, I should say. Uh, all the best to your wife. And um, all I can say is, she's an extraordinary human being to put up with you.
0: <laughs> well, thanks very much, Joe and Kelly. Thanks for having me. And three CR as uh, always.
1: Good on you, Andy. See you later. Cheers. Bye. Wondering how to pay your donation to 3CR Radiothon? It's easy. You can pay online at 3cr.org.au or call us any weekday with your credit card details on 039419 8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash or card or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. And be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. 3CR Radiothon 2023. Stay
0: tuned. Stay radical. Did you enjoy listening to that podcast? 3CR is a community radio station and you, the listener, are a part of that community. Right now, it's our radiothon. We need you to pitch in with a few dollars to keep the station going. We can't do it without you. It's easy. Head to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your donations really matter.